Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Attempting to record our very first episode of History for Weirdos. Uh, I'm Stephanie Sarati Iverson. And I'm Andrew Iverson. But we are in my my mom and dad's bedroom, <laughs> which is kind of a weird place to start this. We're not usually in my parents' bedroom, um, but we are hanging out with my brother and sister today. My brother's 14, my sister's 11, so we're kind of babysitting and needed to tuck ourselves away yeah, quiet. we really just didn't have anywhere else to be in this apartment. So we have no idea if this is going to sound good or if it's going to work. Our corgi, Stella, you might hear her in the background uh, crying uh, because she wants to get out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we figured we would give it a shot because we're super excited to tell whoever is listening, which is... Um, Maybe like about a dozen people at this point. Maybe if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Definitely your grandma. <laughs> oh, my grandma for sure. Um, Thanks, Grandma Susie. I love you. And Grandma Judy. Oh, and Grandma Judy, of course. Ooh, burn. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, so probably not as much pressure as we're thinking, but. Yeah. Well, so the, the way this came about was one day Stephanie just emailed me yeah. and was like, you know what? You know those like weird conversations we always have that last like usually like about an hour or so into like really just obscure facts about history? We should just record those yeah. and then just go through it. And I was like, yes, yes, let's absolutely do that. Yeah. So, you know, like, why not? Exactly. And my name is Stephanie and we're married. We didn't yes. say that. We are husband and wife. <laughs> We've been married for almost three years. Almost three years, yeah. Um, and I am a graduate student. I'm getting my MSW um, at Columbia University online. So I'm a social worker. I'm also like a therapist and I work uh, with, with veterans right now. But similarly, some, we're super, super different as I'm sure everyone will hear. Um, but we do have this shared love for history and especially things that maybe aren't that strange now, but in the context of their time were incredibly weird or controversial or shocking. Um, so we're really excited to hopefully entertain you guys a little bit as we talk about the stuff that we genuinely find super entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. So very first story of History for Weirdos that we're going to do is... is, Thank you so much. They wouldn't have known otherwise. No, absolutely not. Um, I am going to cover... Kuriyun, the wrestler princess. Um, I feel really nervous with you looking at my notes. So oh, can you not look I'm at I'm not them? looking at your notes. Okay. You can still okay. face the mic, but just don't look at my notes. Um, Turning away now. Oh, actually, super quick thing we should say is mm-hmm. this in no way is like hard-hitting historical, <laughs> like literary review type stuff. We are 
like not even armchair experts. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, like we mentioned, we, you know, we we're not involved in like you know in studying history no. from an academic perspective. Like, yeah. we, I, in fact, like neither of us even have degrees in history. Nah. But something that <laughs> just really drives us and that we're actually like passionate about is history. It's just learning about so, it, talking about it. Exactly. So you know, if you might, if you see us at a party, we might talk your ear off about <laughs> something obscure and awesome, and we might know like a, a bit about that. But in no way, shape, or form are we actually actual like leading experts in in this field yes so you can consider our storytelling as as just that it's like story time um it's not particularly factual if you're here to learn uh that might not happen <laughs> learning might just be <laughs> a side effect of what we're doing this exactly is, this is mostly for fun um and hopefully there's some educational bits and pieces for all of us for for andrew and i and for you guys but the objective is not to teach you history. So yes, it's just to there's, have fun. There's plenty of other awesome podcasts, I'm sure, where you could find uh, much more reliable hosts than us. But getting back to my introduction. <laughs> but here we are. Please listen to us. <laughs> yeah, but, but listen anyway. Um, getting back to who I want to talk about today, it is Kuruyun, um, the wrestler princess. So according to my research, what seems to be the most accurate pronunciation of her name is Kutuyun. But if anyone listening actually knows how to say her name without sounding like a total jackass, please let me know. Um, mm -hmm. Kutuyun, for now, is the best that I can do. This is a Mongolian name uh, for context. So if anyone knows, you can feel free to let us know and I can correct myself for the future. But I am going to be talking about Kuriyun, the wrestler princess, and I got a lot of this information from Wikipedia, of course, <laughs> as well as this really cool YouTube channel that I found called Biographics. Um, the host's name is Simon Whistler. I totally recommend checking that out. It's like really quick, like, I don't know, like 15 minute videos where he talks about history, but in a much more professional way. Um, as well as a BuzzFeed article, so you know this information is reliable. And this super dope website that I found called Rejected Princesses, which I highly recommend. Oh my god. Into. Yeah. So like the opposite of a Disney princess. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that, Rejected Princesses. Um, so, Kutu Yun, um, also known as, oh god... Please forgive these pronunciations. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. A, nope. A Yorung, Kotol Tascan, and Ayarug, the best I can do. Oh, wow. Uh, was a Mongol noblewoman and wrestler. Yes, you heard that correctly. Basically, a princess and a very famous wrestler in her time. She was the most famous daughter of Kaido, Kaidu, a very powerful ruler in Central Asia. And her dad is also the cousin of uh, someone you may have heard of, Kublai Khan. For context, Kublai Khan was an emperor who reigned from 1271 to 1294 and founded the Yuan dynasty in China. It was a really big deal, and our girl Kuriyun is related to him. So... For context, the Mongolian Empire existed during the 13th and 14th centuries from 1206 to 1368, known for its massive conquests that eventually became, this is a quote, the largest contiguous, 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 I'd have never heard that before, largest contiguous land empire in history. 
Yeah, so it was all connected by land. There was, like, no water in there. And, like, to put in context, like, this empire at its height stretched from Eastern Europe. So, like, I mean, like, almost really Central Europe, That's actually. That's exactly like, what I'm about to say. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it's my story. It's your story. I'm going to let you. I'm the just going to stop <laughs> Andrew's a ham, you guys. He's going to want to keep jumping in. Yeah. The empire spread across Eastern and parts of Central Europe to Japan. And then north up into Siberia, east into India, Southeast Asia, and into the Iranian Plateau. That's huge. That's huge. And yeah. All, yeah, also as far east to the, the Sea of Japan. That's what I said just now. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> wow. The Ochi ruler of the Mongols, who was first unified uh, the various nomadic tribes in Mongolia is someone that I know we've heard of, who I think is who you were going to reference it earlier, was. which is Genghis Khan. So Genghis Khan's the dude that like united all of this. Um, everyone used to kind of just be separate, nomadic, traveling around, doing their own thing, and he made this a more unified empire. Mm-hmm. So Kuryun, who lived from 1260 to 1306, was the great-great-granddaughter of Genghis Khan. It seems like Kuryun really took after her grandfather in the fact that she was a very impressive, very strong warrior. Supposedly, her dad was really impressed by her and her abilities. That's a a quote, abilities. I'm not sure what that means, but I think it refers to her fighting skills. Probably we have warfare. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that she actually accompanied him on his military campaigns, including the one against the Yuan dynasty ruled by the great Khan, her uncle. Wow. So at some point they they rebel against him. Yeah, Yeah. and that's what and that's the problem with these like large empires is that you'll have like, you know, you'll have one great leader like a Kublai Khan or Mm. a Genghis Khan and they will, you know, very strong personality like a. I forgot the term. The term's like escaping me, but a cult of personality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to to control that empire just through sh- like sheer strength. But then once they die, you know, there isn't someone that's like them. And mm-hmm. so these things, especially back then with technology not being to par as it is today, they just crumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so famous Italian explorer Marco Polo, like the kid game. <laughs> yeah, played. Marco Polo. Yeah, I was so excited. Like, all of the information we know about her comes from him. Wow. Um, so he actually lived in Kublai Khan's court. And he oh. documented a lot of what we currently know about the Mongolian Empire at that time. Marco Polo describes Kuduyun as, and this is like a quote from his journals, a superb warrior one who could ride into enemy ranks and snatch a captive as easily as a hawk snatches a chicken. I would have loved to see that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. Shout out to Marco Polo for that very vivid and descriptive imagery. Seriously. Um, in the really good YouTube channel that I referenced um, with Simon Whistler, he describes Kuriyun, this um, YouTube historian that I found, as possibly the greatest Mongolian warrior of all time. Yeah, so she's really amazing. Um, She grew up with 14 brothers in a very traditional nomadic-style Mongolian family. They valued skills that Kuriyun excelled at, such as horseback riding. And apparently, um, in the Mongolian culture at that time, boys would learn how to ride horses by the age of two. Oh my god! (laughs) Like a two-year-old, a toddler. (laughs) I know. When do kids learn to walk? 
don't know. We don't have children. So yeah, we, we don't. Yeah. I don't I, we have a dog and that's about it. Yeah. Um, but that's insane. Two years old riding nuts. a horse. Yeah. And she was also really good at archery. Um, so it makes sense that these things were really valued because the goal of this empire, possibly the goal of all empires, is to expand and to take over. Um, and they were really good at it. The Mongolians yes. were really, really good at fighting and warfare and kicking ass in general. So while our goal, our girl, <laughs> was really freaking good at these skills, she was even better at what? Wrestling. Yeah, at wrestling. Wrestling, as my high school football <laughs> coach would say. Wrestling. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> In her family's Mongol clan, physical ability was the best quality you could have. Um, and wrestling matches were like a really common sport, but... From what I research, it's not like wrestling that we think of today. It's not like high school it's wrestling. Not like the Olympic. No. The Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. So anyone could join in these competitions regardless of their size or gender. As far as I can tell, there were no official rules or time limits. Oh, jeez. But, um, I know, yeah. If you won, if you were really good, if you won a lot, people truly believed that you must be gifted by the gods to be good at this skill that they so highly valued. And Kuruyun was undefeated. Undefeated. And how many, like, fights or re- matches did she have? Oh, I'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. But she's completely undefeated. So we know this because of accounts from Marco Polo, as well as an Iranian historian of the time named Rashid al-Din, who wrote um, that her dad, Kaidu, deeply wanted for Kuruyun to find a good husband, but she wasn't really stoked on it. so she refused to marry any man unless he could beat her at wrestling i mean i think you gave me a fair like a similar proposition yeah when we you know we started dating and like actually getting serious yeah and you you didn't beat me but i was just yeah i lost i lost like badly but i mean but i liked you enough that we still got yeah i mean yeah i mean (laughs) she has really strong legs so there's no I, i was i was doomed for the beginning so this is a very big deal because even a prince wouldn't normally have a say in who he marries, right? Mm-hmm. Marriages back then were used as a form of political allyship and things such as love and compatibility weren't really considered at that time. So nonetheless, her dad agreed and Kuryun came up with this proposition. If you could beat her at wrestling, she'd marry you. But if you lost... You'd owe her 100 horses. Oh, man. Why horses? Horses were a really integral part of the Mongolian culture. And apparently, there used to be a saying that I think sounds really beautiful. A Mongol without a horse is like a bird without wings. Oh. And I think to put a little context, their fighting style is like, you know, at this time in Europe, like they had heavy armor and it was that and like, you know, standing lines, long formation, even knights were like, you know, had tons of armor on their horses as well as their body. Whereas Mongols had very little armor, if any at all. And mm. they would, and their primary weapon was not the sword, it was actually um, a bow, an arrow. Okay. Yeah. So, again, if you beat her at wrestling, you'd get, you'd owe her, I'm sorry, if you lost, you'd owe her 100 horses. And it said that Kuriyun ended up with 10,000 horses. This likely isn't exact, right? Like, people hyperbolize a lot but right. it's 10,000 horses is a lot to think about in that ballpark so that's like a hundred matches I'm assuming yeah 
I imagine that um, at first these noble dudes showed up thinking that beating a princess at wrestling would be easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, oh, this princess. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? oh, sure, I'll wrestle this princess and marry her, whatever. And she was, you know, a member of obviously an extremely prominent family, so it would have been great for them, but they were very wrong. Very, very wrong. (laughs) These matches became famous, and people from all over, including Marco Polo, our boy, would travel to gather and watch Kuriyun wrestle these men to the ground and take their horses as trophies. (laughs) That's so badass. Right? Yeah. People loved watching her kick ass, and the crowds would go nuts for it. But then, in the year 1280, so Kuriyun is like about 20, Mm -hmm. um, the son of King... Pamar threw his hat in the ring and he bet her a thousand horses <gasps> instead of the usual 100. Ooh, yeah. Dumb move. Right? Dumb Apparently move. he was a handsome and super loaded dude and her parents actually wanted Kuriyun to throw the fight so that they could get married because they're like, this is this is actually like the perfect husband for you. Yeah. And they asked her, they're like, just lose on purpose. So rich, good looking. Rich, good looking, good family. Yeah. But our girl refused to lose on purpose. Damn, that's some principle right there. Yeah, she was like, what Good the... Good for her, yeah. man. She's 20 like, years old was 20 like... 20 years old as, you know, it, it seems like there's, in some respects, a little bit of, like, gender equality in this um, culture of theirs. Probably in other respects not. But enough that they let her be a wrestler, right? Yeah. But still, as a woman, as a princess, as someone who's 20, who's like, okay, girl, when are you going to get married? She's just, like, not not going to bend on her principles or her values. Yeah, like what what this is like the high middle ages. I don't mm-hmm. I can't think of another female that was given this much latitude yeah. be royal or not. Yeah. Like yeah, you're totally right. I can't think of a single one. Mhm. Um so she refused, but this fight actually took longer than any other fight she had. So some wonder was she thinking of throwing the fight or was he actually just a really good wrestler that could have almost beat her? But she won. And this time, the crowd didn't cheer. They were really disappointed because all the people watching really actually wanted Kudayun to end up with this guy. So it was the first time ever that she throws a a prince or a nobleman to the ground and the whole hall was silent. Wow, that's... That's probably where the term deafening silence comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So years later, after tons of kicking ass... And winning at these wrestling matches, people began to speculate, why did Kuriyun want to do this? Why did she not want to be married? Why did she want to be um, husbandless forever, is what it seemed like to them. Because this is years of her just beating people, beating men. So, of course, rumors about the princess began to spread. And, um, again, in the video that I watched with Simon Whistler... He points out that today it might have been considered that Kuriyun was lesbian, asexual, or transgender. Mm. So um, while, again, I think it was somewhat progressive of a culture, I don't believe that homosexuality was accepted at this time, which is unfortunately true for so many cultures. Um, Right. So if that was the case, she definitely would have wanted to keep that under wraps and have been hiding it or again asexuality is definitely possible we just don't know because no one at that time would have bothered to ask this young woman exactly what she wanted or maybe she just wanted a husband 
that could, could beat her, her to wrestling. Yeah, maybe like maybe, maybe like, she wanted someone who's like a superior. Yeah, maybe she wanted someone that was at least on par with her. You know, right. she was the greatest warrior. She wants. She's like it would probably not be attractive to date someone that's weaker than you at that level. But anyway, um, the most upsetting rumor about Kuryun that came out of this. Oh no! Of course was that she and her dad were actually having an incestuous relationship. Oh, yeah. God. I, I know. This, is, this isn't Game of Thrones, people. I know. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, historians believe this is actually very unlikely, oh, and so that it was just, like, haters being haters. So, like, propaganda from, like, enemies. No, just their own people. Oh. It's just, I think it was really hard for them to see a woman that didn't wasn't, like, jumping at the chance to get married. So they're like, oh, yeah. she must be being sleeping with her dad. Well, the Persian historian that I mentioned before, Rashid al-Din, believed that Kuryun was actually in love with her cousin Ghazan. Hmm. Um, and that they weren't allowed to get married because they were too closely related. Right. Um, but we're not sure if this is true either. Ultimately, the two did not marry each other. Mm-hmm. So I guess... We'll, we'll never actually know, like, what was the true reason. Yeah, we won't. There's Ugh. there's very, there's not actually that many firsthand accounts of her, um, aside from these two historians, so we don't really know a lot about what was going on in her life personally. Man. So historians don't believe that Kudiyun ever actually got married, but we aren't 100% sure. What we do know is that she continued to fight in battles alongside her father, like the boss-ass bitch she was born to be. (laughs) Her father considered her to be the strongest warrior in his army and a very capable leader. And, like, I mean, that's incredible. Like, to put it in perspective, I mean, that, like, literally every child, you know, like you said. Is a super strong warrior. Yeah, like, every child is, like, by two is riding a horse. Uh And they're, like, fighting probably around that same time. And then that's, like, their entire life. Yeah. That's, like, their religion is fighting. Yeah, and she was the strongest. Yeah. So, and because of how awesome she was, her dad tried to name Kuryun as his successor. But unfortunately... Having a woman rule um, was not allowed. And it made people really unhappy, including her 14 brothers who were like... 14 brothers? Yeah, I mentioned that at the beginning. Oh, She's yeah. the only girl out of 14 brothers. Man. Which, which definitely plays... It probably plays into why she was so tough, right? Yeah. So then in 1301, when Kuryun was 41 years old, Kaidu was dying. That's her dad. And his dying wish was for Kuryun to be the next Khan. So the... Like the emperor. The emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, he still picked her. Above all other warriors, above his 14 other sons, against his culture's traditions, he truly believed her to be the best person for the job. Wow. Yeah. But unfortunately... Her brothers didn't allow it. Of course they didn't. Yeah. Big surprise there. And I'm not exactly sure how, like, the events unfolded, but uh, ultimately a warrior named Duwa was named Khan in her place. I don't know if this is one of her brothers or if it's another relative. I didn't really look into it that much, but they, the guys all got together to make sure that she wasn't in charge. Wow. So they're like, oh, it's okay if I don't, but, like, we can't have this woman. Mm-hmm. Even though she's, like, the Even best warrior she's... and the best leader, mm-hmm. you know, probably. Even though she was, I mean, everyone said she was the best. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, dudes. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so Kuriyun died in 1306, and we don't Aww. know the circumstances surrounding her death. There's, oh. like, it, literally the only record is, like, Kuriyun died. <laughs> it's, like, we don't know if she was murdered. I think it she says, could have died of so it says causes. killed. Kuriyun was killed. Oh, that's... But w- I don't know, like, I read different versions. She died, she was killed. Mm. Um, a lot of people speculate that because all of, like, this political stuff was going on, that maybe yeah. one of her brothers had her killed or was poisoned or something so that she wouldn't... Because she, she actually had, like, a... The Mongol warriors, like the soldiers, were behind her. Mm, Everyone was behind her except her family. You know, once her dad died, they were like, this is ridiculous. So it's possible they were afraid she was going to take over anyway and had her killed. Or that, you know, what they could have done is like, yeah, you know, we're going to try to expand our empire. We're going to put you on the front line. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, Yeah, who knows? I I didn't find anything. um, And it just says we don't know the circumstances surrounding her death. So... That's unfortunate. I know. Our girl, like, kind of almost fell into obscurity a little bit, you know, after the whole, like, a few years stretch of her beating all of these men and being an undefeated wrestler princess. We don't hear a ton about her until the the drama with her dad passing away and who's going to be the next Khan. And then we don't hear about her again until her death. Um, Which is just really sad and disappointing that such a strong female figure was was kind of yeah, or overlooked or silenced. Like or, a strong, like, like uh, you know, like just strong warrior, strong, like, leader that had to probably overcome a lot of adversity. Being a woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. being a woman, like, in a very, like, you know, male-dominated society. Yeah, it sounds super macho. So, yeah. So it just kind of, yeah, it stinks that she had to, you know, fall into obscurity. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. But to end this little story on a somewhat sweet and happy note, um, Mongolia, this is what I read. So if anyone's from Mongolia or has like ties to Mongolian culture, you can let us know if this is true. Um, Mongolia continues to honor Kudian's story to this day. The traditional outfit that's worn by Mongolian wrestlers is conspicuously an open chested outfit. Your chest is showing. Oh, and the reason being is this is to prove that the wrestler isn't a woman but it's not like, oh, because women can't fight. It's to honor Kuriyun, the strongest fighter, was a woman. So it's oh. like, oh, we got to make sure there's no girls in here because they could kick our ass. Ah, that's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very, very sweet um, nod to her. And that is the story of Kuriyun, the Mongolian wrestler princess. Oh, so awesome. I love that story. Yeah. You know what? Like, you know, and also something that I love is that, like, her brothers probably fell into obscurity. Like, we, oh, yeah. you know, we don't know their names. We don't, we don't know anything about them. But now, but we know about her. Yeah, even though we don't have a ton of info, you're right. Like, that's actually a really good point. We still do know about her. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which goes to show none of them, I think, I mean, as far as we know, we also don't know a ton about Mongolian uh, history, but... I don't think any of them were as great as her father believed she could be. I know. Well, she's yeah. just so sad. I know. But we remember her now. There's some pop culture references to her that I saw. Like, I think she, there was, like, a character in her TV show recently that was, like, modeled mm-hmm. after her. But a lot of them obviously aren't super accurate. And th- that has to do with us not lo- knowing a lot about her. But I wanted to honor her in this like first episode yeah our very first episode because um, she definitely would have been considered a weirdo right people yes. were even, she was so weird that people were even like 
she's sleeping with her dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that's a logical were, conclusion. <laughs> obviously, this <laughs> yeah. girl is so badass, so tough, so strong. She must uh, be sleeping with her dad. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, that's, yeah, she's sleeping with her dad, I'm calling. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is our very first weirdo, Kudian. Yes, thank you, Kudian. Thank you. If you're listening, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that is the story for our first episode. Thank you all so much to whoever is listening to this. We really appreciate your time, and we hope that you had a little bit of fun with us today. Yeah, absolutely. And if you liked our weirdness, please hit that subscribe button so you can get all the episodes as soon as they come out. And you know what? If you want to engage with us, we have TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. So go to historyforweirdos.com to get all the latest content. You can... At us at <laughs> history underscore four underscore weirdos to get us at TikTok, which we still uh, are trying to figure out. Yeah, how by to the use that. yeah, by the way, we're like we're millennials. We're not we're not uh, Gen Z. Yeah. So yeah, be patient with us. Yeah, exactly. The first time that like millennials are like old for something yeah. <laughs> weird, and then of course you know Twitter and Instagram is just at history for weirdos. Thank you guys so much. We will catch you in the next episode. Yeah, catch you on the flip side, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.